Hi, this is Mike Bloomberg. You might know that I'm running for president from the $500 million I've spent on ads or my embarrassing debate performances, but I really think you should vote for me. I just think I should be president and I'm rich. I usually get what I want and I'm such a good person. I'm spending all the money I otherwise would have given to charity to achieve that goal. So help me waste more of my money that I was gonna give to charity and get me in the fight against Trump and Bernie and Biden. If someone's gonna lose to Trump, it should be me because I'm gonna waste the most money doing it. I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I eat Uncle Sam's high-fiber cereal. There you go, everybody. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth podcast. You just heard it, our first ad ever. We got some of that fucking Bloomberg money, dude. Woo. I mean, he's been spending money with everybody, and then he ended up dropping out of the race, but luckily, I'm not refunding that fucking ad spot. He already paid us, and I'm, I'm running it. Why not, dude? Now, do you think in the history of like the world, who who else can you think of that comes to mind that spent $500 million worse than Mike Bloomberg on this failed campaign run. Hmm. I mean, how much did Venezuela spend turning into a third world country? But some people uh, have benefited from that. I bet that Maduro guy, he still has got a nice mustache and all the red clothes you can ever need in your life. Is that the name? Is that the leader of Venezuela? Did I even get that right? I don't know. But what I don't like doing a political podcast and just letting everyone know that we're ignoramuses right up front. I mean, it sounded right. I, I think the guys, there was like a fox involved or maybe that was Mexico. I don't know, dude. Uh, what I do know. Yeah. Uh, so what, from what I understand, right, is that the reason Bloomberg is going so hard is because if Bernie gets elected, he stands to lose $5 billion. Oh, you mean because of uh, he's got big health care investments? Just, well, yeah, that and also just the aggressive taxing of corporations. Bloomberg would fall into the category mm. of and Mike Bloomberg's personal fortune would be taxed like crazy uh, under Bernie's socialist program. Like that's that just goes without saying. So the uber rich do benefit from you know, throwing as much as they can against Bernie. And right. then when he dropped out, he supports Biden. All that money that was gonna that he already invested in his campaign is also gonna go to the winner of of the Democratic Party. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe they wanted to botch the run the whole time and just let the Democratic Party know, I'll give you five hundred million dollars as long as you keep this fucking Bernie Sanders motherfucker away from my money. Right. Maybe that's what he was trying to do the whole time. It's kinda what it seems like to me. All right. Well, moving on, before I get into some of the news topics, we're having a good week here. I mean, if Harrington doesn't blow our audio, there might even be budget for dinner for him tonight. I mean, Ooh. that's we we have a second sponsor. We went from no sponsors to two sponsors. We're turning the ship around all in one week. And the second sponsor that I want to tell you guys about, it's this uh, new clothing company. It's called um, ShopLoveBrooklyn.com. And... Basically what this clothing company specializes in, it's stupid douchewear for stupid douche people. That's what it is. Like, you got your friends, they go out to brunch on Sunday morning, they spend money on overpriced brunch, and they want to wear overpriced clothes that's got some stupid trendy logo on it that lets them know, listen, I wear trendy overpriced shit. And if you're one of those people or you need to buy a gift for one of these people that likes wearing stupid douche clothing, they got to go to shoplovebrooklyn.com. I'm talking about hats for 40 bucks. What do they have on there? A nice little uh, a nice little heart on the top. Uh, you got other hats that just say, instead of Brooklyn, they went real trendy. They shortened it, made it B-K-L-Y-N, B-K-L-Y-N. Sure, the hats are kind of nice. Sure, they come out a little bit. And uh, But the point is, like, 40 bucks for a hat. If you got that kind of money, you should probably just send us more donations so I can buy more din dinner for Harrington. But I got 1% equity in this company, and my friend is trying to get out of his shit job where... Uh, 
There you go. I mean, the stuff looks nice, but it's overpriced shit for stupid douche people. So if you're one of those people, you got to go to a brunch or you got a friend that does a lot of brunching or some kid who works like in audio tech or just really loves the shit out of Brooklyn, buy him a hat. Yo, I'm not gonna lie. I fucking love that Brooklyn AV Club hoodie. There you go. Look, stupid douche shit for stupid douche people. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty stupid douche, and I fucking love this company. I like the uh, the long BK LYN. I feel like it makes it look like you have a big penis because it's so long oh, and like no, 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 to the right of it, the hat. The hat. Yeah, I oh. feel like that makes people think you're packing heat. That's you know what. I don't hate it. I used to have a hat. It was a, a Oklahoma City Thunder hat, and I custom stitched on top of it four inches of thunder. And and my friend that made the company is living a horrible, miserable life. So it's almost like charity dollars if you buy something from here. And then people will be like, "Wait, you wear stupid douche clothes?" You'd be like, "No, I was just trying to help out Rob's friend." And then they'll suck your dick because they know you're a charitable person, and because the lettering is long, they'll think you have a big dick that's worth sucking. So I mean, you're not going to get a better pitch than that. No, you, you did the best job you possibly could for that product. I, I think that people would be insane not to go shop at shoplovebklyn.com. There you go. All right. So now let's get into the news. And before we start the news, we're trying to grow our show. We're trying to get more sponsors. So we're uh, we're building this thing up. We're getting more tech graphics. We're going to be putting out more videos. And we've got new sound packages coming at you. So let's do a run through of some of the headlines that the people are going to be able to hear in our new segment. Cue the, cue the, the, the fancy audio package we paid for. All right, first up, we've got Biden, who can't possibly win the thing. Wait, why Why is it already in the second story? I didn't even get the first headline. Now it's the third headline. The third story we're going to do is really important. So let me... Wait, that's the fourth one? Harrison, we paid money for that. That happened way too quick. Robbie, I, I didn't get out one headline in the whole thing. you got to be hitting these headlines harder, dude. Maybe what, you want to try it again? I feel like I might be able to get them... No, let's, just, let's move on. All right, first thing is um, Biden won the, uh, the Democratic... Uh, uh, Super Tuesday. He isn't. He isn't shoot in for the thing yet, but it definitely looks like he's the front ri- front runner. And I can't wait. I mean, the whole time I didn't think he was possibly going to win because he's so dumb. The second they said he was running, I was like, he's too stupid. He doesn't have a chance. But somehow he got so lucky that there were so many people in the field that it was such a crowded field that you couldn't pick up on how dumb he was because he didn't talk that much of the debates. But now when he's front and center, there is going to be no dodging how much of an imbecile this guy really is. And I can't wait. I hope nothing for nothing more than that he makes it into the fight against Donald Trump. And we can see just montages of this guy sniffing kids and saying really stupid shit. And Mr. Harrington, here's some products that I would like to make. Maybe we'll get them up on BKLynn.com. Who knows? Here's some products I would like to make. I want to make the Biden hairy leg duster. You know, it'll be like a duster with like a leg off the back and like long hair so you can dust your head, dust like over your fan, whatever you got to dust in your house. Here's another one. I figure like a pull string doll and we'll call it Bumbly Biden and it'll be like uh, your grandfather with dementia. You pull the string. Who the fuck knows what this thing's going to say? You know, I I stabbed a kid named Popcorn. Yeah. You pull the string and it's like, hey, get off that diving board. You pull the string and he's like, Michelle Obama smells like cheese. (laughs) Or what are some other, uh, uh, I I almost fought that guy with the chain in the parking lot. Yeah, popcorn. Popcorn. Was that really the guy? Corn pop. pop. Yeah. What was the craziest thing about that corn pop story is that he's he's talking to black, like seven-year-old black girls and thinking that this is the thing that they're going to relate to. Black people love Joe Biden. 
Really? Black people fucking love Joe. Oh, is that because of he's Obama's boy? That makes sense. Um, all right, next up is they've taken away the bags in New York City, and uh, I'm upset about this for numerous reasons. The first and the most important one to me is I got a, like a decent ch- chunk of my act where I'm talking about the bags being taken away from us, and I feel like now that it's happened in New York City, it's going to be hack. Everyone's going to have a joke about you know stores not having bags anymore. I almost got to get that on TV right away. Maybe I'll even drop some of the bit right here. Okay. I don't hate it. I was just thinking about your act while, uh, when I was getting out of the shower, and I was like, damn, Ravi needs to have his shit out more places so I can reference your jokes more. There you go, because I, I feel like I, I got a decent chunk on that, and it's just like, but I'm surprised that it came to New York City for a couple reasons. First is, I would have thought that there was like enough like authentic New York City, just like, fuck you, you're not taking my fucking bags. Now, I get that government is really in control in the cities, and we're one of like the more policed areas, but I would have just thought that this is a dumb law, and that we would have been above the stupidity of it. The biggest stupidity, as uh, BK Chris actually pointed out in an earlier episode, it doesn't work. I There's nothing in my house that gets recycled more than the plastic bags. Every piece of recycling, because in New York City we're forced to recycle, um, so every single glass I ever consume, piece of cardboard I ever consume, metal that gets consumed, all gets taken out of my apartment in the bags that I get from the grocery store. I'm going to have to start buying bags in order to recycle the stuff that's in so in other words i even recycle that plastic that plastic all gets put into a recycling bin and now just to inconvenience us you go to a store and there are no fucking bags and it's so annoying like maybe if you're in the suburbs it's not as big of a deal because you like you have your uh you keep some bags in your car and then you just take the bags out and you go into the grocery store you have your bags i never shop that way in new york city i don't own i'm, I'm not like i don't own a bag i go into a fucking store to buy some shit and bring it to my office or my apartment like, I mean, it's an outrage. Couldn't agree more, Robbie Bernstein. Also, as a Jewish person, it used to be free. Now you're going to fucking charge me for something that used to be free? I'm not going to support that. Yeah, I know Buffalo Exchange started that a while ago. They wanted to charge me like 10 cents for a bag. Or no, it was like a dollar for like each bag they were going to give me. I was like, fuck you guys. No way. You know what we got to do? We got to get out there and kill some fucking turtles. Maybe if we started killing turtles, we teach the politicians a lesson of like... Let them keep their plastic. Like, if there was so much outrage over them taking away our bags and straws, the turtles were just turning up dead in front of politicians' homes, they go, you know what? Maybe we should just let them have their bags. Uh, No. Fuck the turtles. And I like turtles. If I, like, when I go to aquariums, the first thing I want to see is that sea turtle. I like turtles. I think they're beautiful creatures. I think it's majestic the way they just kind of, like, lazily float. They just do the breaststroke. That's the only fish that's doing a stroke that I can do myself. I feel like I relate to the turtle, but if they're going to take away my straws that I got to rot my fucking teeth because of all the coffee and sugar that I drink, then fuck you. And fuck you for taking my bags. Kill the turtles. Get me more bags. Rob Bernstein, 2020. You know what? I'm sold. Let's choke out those turtles and throw their giant, <laughs> giant shells through fucking politicians' windows. How does, how does the bag thing happen? I feel like if we did a legit vote for the bags, none of us would vote for that. No, it's it's literally the most insane. Like they've proven time and time again in different cities that the if you ban bags, you just create more plastic waste in that city. And how? Well, like, so how do they manage to impose that on us? 
Or you know, you know what else would be funny before you answer that? If like we did a montage of people trying to kill themselves by suffocating themselves with brown bags, and that was the reason why we needed to get plastic bags back. <laughs> it just makes no sense. Too many idiots can't handle the responsibility of taking home plastic bags. No, I mean like putting the brown bags over their head as if they're trying to suffocate no. themselves, but it doesn't work. I get what I'm saying is it would be the nanny state being like, you guys can't handle plastic bags. You're killing yourselves at too great of a rate. We need to replace these with... Or here's here's another dumb idea. Okay. Like, you know, they ban clown masks. Maybe if we all started wearing brown paper bags over our faces all the time so that they couldn't monitor who was who. And I know that how much they want to be able to track all of us. And they went, okay, we can't give them paper paper bags. But maybe, maybe we'd end up with no bags. Maybe that's the way they'd yeah, handle that. It would be like bring your own canvas bag if you want a bag, bitch. Yeah. You, you lost brown bag privileges. You, you lost brown bag privileges. Maybe if we all just start shitting in the brown bags. We got to do something really bad with the brown bags to protest. You know what? Maybe I'll come up with more better protest ideas. I didn't really think that went through. You got any ideas what we could do to push back on this? Uh... I mean, I don't know. I've been given burn plastic. I, Maybe just burn plastic in the street, like I, a b- great big plastic burning. Get some get some chemicals so that everyone's coughing up shit. They can't figure out who's got coronavirus and who's just inhaled too much plastic fumes in the street. Robbie, I, every, why is everything you want to do just turning New York into like a post Armageddon <laughs> fucking hellhole? No, I, I. Well, I'm mad. I just feel like we should do something to rectify this situation. Look, I, I agree, Rob. I think the at the end of the day, uh, like I've still been getting bags at a number of these establishments. So, like, who cares? You don't like they they simply. By the way, don't seem to be really enforcing the ban anywhere. No, they are. Um, All the stores I've been to, maybe bodegas, they're like black markets for bags. They don't give a shit. Um, But all stores, the best they'll do is you can buy the brown paper bags. The problem with that model, and I'm sure some of you are at home and go, all right. So you got to pay five cents for a brown paper bag. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. If you want to go to the self-checkout lane, they don't just let you click how many bags you want. You got to flag down the employee. He's got to come over. He's got to put it into the system. Now you just nullify the entire purpose of the fucking express line where I don't have to deal with the person. I can robot it, deal with my own fucking groceries. I don't need some Polak touching my fruit. Okay. How much are they selling the brown bags for? I think they're five cents. Mm-hmm. But th- that's where it's the bigger deal, though, is when you want to do self checkout, you got to like track down a person to facilitate this bag operation, or you got to just walk outside and hold the shit. Dude, paper or plastic used to be a question they would ask at every single grocery store when you were bagging your groceries. Do you want plastic bags? Do you want paper bags? That would always be an option right. for free. No extra charge. Now they're charging. I would say I want both. Let's really ruin the environment. Let's like speed it. this thing up. Yeah. I want I want paper bags because I like the way they smell. I like being able to open it. I like the way groceries sound when they're swirling around. I want plastic on the outside, more durable, and then I got handles. Here's how much they don't want us in stores anymore. I was at a... Are these still like um, bags? Do they let you guys have bags in Massachusetts, or do you guys part of the bag? Nope. What? Certain towns. Certain towns allow bags? That's yeah. fucked up, you know? That's that's even worse, because then you're not sure. You know what? That question turned into more complications than I thought, you know? For a second there, I thought we were going to have to have a vote on bags or something. <laughs> My parents live in Connecticut. They got rid of the bags. I don't like it, because I find you always end up like trying to buy more than you can actually carry. You think you got it. Everyone's standing in the parking lot. It basically looks like they robbed the place. It's, you know, <laughs> black people are just being arrested. It's not a working system. <laughs> 
But I'm going to add this. I went to a CVS. All I did, I bought a toothbrush. For the sake of the environment, they won't give me a bag. But then they started printing the receipt and... Yeah. Fifteen trees came out of this computer. <laughs> it's like they're making an announcement to the neighborhood of like, Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> a toothbrush has been purchased. And... <laughs> It's like, I didn't need a bag, but I don't know I'm going to get that receipt home. Uh, you're going to have to call me an Uber or something. And then, here's the best part. You know, they always talk about like trying to boost local businesses. Like, how's this going to work? You guys won't give me a bag. Meanwhile, Amazon ships it with so much supplies, I'm building a boat. That's what I'm doing. I don't throw any of that cardboard out. I just stuff it up against my walls. I figure if global warming turns out to be real, I'm just going to float, you know? like Noah's Ark, me and the roaches from New York or something. <laughs> Here's another thing about CVS. I feel like that's a store. They should let people in one person at a time. Uh, <laughs> it is the world's most awkward place to run into someone you know. And it happens to me every time. Every time. You're standing in some aisle waste and like ex-girlfriend's like, hey, how you doing? What are you up to? And I'm like, I'm just buying this hemorrhoid cream. <laughs> Ever use hemorrhoid cream? Nope. Uh, well, me neither. Uh, I was just in this hallway because they got the extra large condoms at the end. I'm fucking a lot and my dick got bigger. Uh... <laughs> Let's move on. I think we talked about brown paper bag outrage enough. But in non-outrageous news, in what's good news, Trump actually ended the Afghani war. And of course, you got soldiers who are like, but Sarge, who's going to kick in random caves? But after, what is it, 18 years or 20 years, um, they came to the negotiation table and both sides asked, anyone remember what we were doing here? Why we were fighting? They're like, uh, Afghani people are like, listen, we'll still give you opium to kill your poor people. And they're like, great, we still want to be able to buy some opium. And then everyone's like, all right, this was dumb. Let's move on with our lives. And uh, usually when services don't work out, you get a refund. So I'm assuming that the whole Iraq-Afghanistan war, now that they've realized that they've spent a lot of money and that we got nothing for it, um, they're probably going to let us off the hook for taxes this year. I mean, that's, that's the only thing that would be fair at this point. Has to be. I mean, spent a lot of money. We got nothing to show for it. You get a refund. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, or maybe at least give us the plastic bags back. Like that, at a minimum, you could probably do that, you know? I mean, at the very, very fucking the least. The very minimum, at least let me have plastic bags. Okay, now here's Wild. I looked this up. This is from CNBC, and they said that between Iraq and Afghanistan, the cost is $6.4 trillion. Then I saw this is from theconversation.com. I don't know how legitimate that is. I'm sure that the number is higher on all of this, but they estimate that the cost of the Afghani war will be $6 trillion. That's for the Afghani war alone when you start accounting for like soldier benefits, VA funds, and all that other stuff, and also the cost of um, uh, interest payments on the debt. Now, basically that number is 30% of our total deficit. And can you imagine if we invested that in something that actually worked? 
I mean, it's wild that 30%, like you just look at about the deficit that we're running, 30% of that is just because of Iraq and Afghanistan. That doesn't even, that probably doesn't even include just general um, defense funding at the Pentagon and all like the planes they build and everything. We're talking about just like the out cost of these wars that were worthless, did nothing. We have nothing to show for them. There's like, I point, hey, yes. Hey, 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 Dick Cheney got a lot of private <laughs> contracting contracts out of that. Well, there you go. Dick Cheney. Made a ton of money on this war. Don't say nobody made any money. Well, there you go. I get you know some individuals profited, but for the most part, I like imagine if we invested that thirty percent of the fucking deficit, six trillion dollars, in something that might have worked and benefited us. Um, and the good news like, is with like all what? of these, I, like, what's a thirty fucking, trillion dollar? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. What? I will tell you, Mister Harrington. While I don't agree with government or social programs, fucking pay it, spend it on healthcare, spend it on education, put down new roads, build free amusement parks, create vacation spots or giant statues like fucking teepees and and uh, and uh, pyramids that people from other countries just want to go. Holy shit! There are fucking golden toilets in the middle of the street that you can just pee and go. Wow, we're such a wealthy country. I can take a shit in a golden toilet. Um, just let immigrants in here and just give them free shit so that they go, oh, wow, I don't have to be miserable and go die in my other country. You can literally have spent it on anything. This was the equivalent of taking it. And I actually, it's worse than just lighting it on fire because people in other countries had to die slash live in more impoverished. Like they, they have worse futures on account of what we did. And we just wasted money so that we can secure that other people have to live more miserable lives. Like literally, we would have been better off just lighting it and burning it on f- and setting it on fire. But at a minimum, if we had spent it on more free shit here, we could have, I don't know, I could have, we, you and I could have had free lunches uh, on Tuesdays. They could do free Taco Tuesday for the whole fucking country instead of the Afghani war. And I would have said, okay, it's really stupid that the government's spending money on tacos. And chances are, if I just went to Taco Bell, I'd get a better taco than the shitty government taco that gives me diarrhea. But at the end of the day, it'd be a free fucking taco. You're right, it would be. All right, well, at least we can agree on free tacos. But what's nice about uh, now that we'll no longer be in Afghanistan, um, it should finally free up the resources we need to fight Iran. So, you know, let, let's not count our blessings too too quickly. So here are some of the costs affiliated with the Afghani war. Uh, the first is we spent a lot of money uh, training the Afghani army. And this is fun about the Afghani army is that every year we train people And they have to constantly train and recruit new people because about a third of the entire force every year, so about uh, one third of everyone that they recruit deserts the army. And yeah, every single year, a third of who they recruit just bounces. And if anything, you know what that makes me think, Mr. Harrington? We would get along with the Afghani people because they are very quick to be like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm all right. I don't need this bullshit in my life. That's pretty lame, dude. that's not pretty lame. I think that's people that we could get along no, with. I'm saying they're looking at it like, yeah, this whole being a fucking soldier thing. Pretty fucking lame, huh? All right, now here's even better. We spent $30 billion on reconstruction projects. Much of that money, and this is from the, I believe I got this from the New York Times, much of that money the inspector general found was wasted on programs that were poorly conceived or riddled with corruption. And firstly, I've said it before, I want in on this fucking racket. That's where all the money is. All the money is just being filtered through government. They spend it. You want to make real money, you got to somehow figure out how to get into the government corruption scheme. And here are some of the specifics. American dollars went to build hospitals that treated no patients, to schools that taught no students, 
sometimes never existed at all, and to military bases, the Afghans found useless and later shuttered. And here's the problem with government. It's people that don't actually run businesses, they don't know how to execute things, and they think that you can just have good ideas, and the fact that you have good ideas mean that there's a pathway to getting it done. That is the biggest problem with government. They have all the resources, and they think, hey, you know what would be a good idea? A hospital in the middle of Afghanistan. But guess what? They have zero skills at execution, executing on good ideas. So the fact that they have this good idea is worthless. And then when they go to actually do it, they realize, oh, we don't actually know how to execute good ideas. And so it crumbles and you end up with absolutely nothing. The opposite of that is capitalism, where people that know how to allocate capital, get shit done, make good investments, build businesses, are able to accumulate more and more capital, and then they continue to get shit done. Government has zero ability, zero skills of getting things done. They go, well, we have a good idea here. And guess what? Good ideas are fucking useless in life if you don't know how to execute them. And that's, I'm telling you, that's probably the real, I don't even think it's probably so much corruption. I bet there's an element of corruption, but the biggest corruption, the biggest lie of the whole thing is, hey, we're government and we can help people. And guess what? They can't because they can go, oh, we should have healthcare for everybody. But guess what? They have zero ability to execute on that. And since they have zero ability to execute on it, people just grift on the system. They take the profit for themselves. And I'm ranting here. So unless Harrington, you got anything you want to add to that? Absolutely nothing. All right. Well, cue up that fancy political music that we used at the beginning of the episode again, because here was Trump's speech about, uh, uh, you know, about uh, making peace with the Taliban. I talked to the Taliban. These are actually great people, the best people. Okay, you wouldn't believe what they've done with their caves. These things are so... I put a Trump label on these caves. These are nice caves, okay? It's been a long war. They're still going to supply us with with heroin, okay? I made sure no one's going without their heroin. And I got this memorable piece of cave, okay? It's all good. They gave me a piece of cave. I like the Taliban. That's it. That's all I got, Harrington. And as we're in the first day, the first day of this peace deal... Mr. Harrington, how would you guess it's going? How would you guess peace with the Taliban after 18 years and them finally saying, all right, let's sign a peace deal. They sign the document next day, first day. How do you think it's going? Swimmingly. Well, we've already bombed them. <laughs> we bombed them? We bombed them. Why? I don't know. I think some guy was like, uh, all right, I know there's a peace deal, but I got this last thing I got to bomb. I've had that. I've had my eyes set on that the whole time. No, they claim that they violated it first. Who knows? It's... Uh, but, you know, it, it, how great is that? They couldn't even make it one day. That is... Some people, they're just addict, addicted to bombing Afghanistan. That's what it is. They can't, they can't get away from it. All right, well, I think that's, uh, that's it for, for the news for this week. I didn't really uh, see anything else I wanted to report on. Uh, Mr. Harrington, you got any uh, random news topics you want to throw out there for, uh, for all the people listening? Yeah, so I thought this was kind of interesting. I heard about this today. So a bunch of Gold Star families are suing uh, people who had business dealings in Afghanistan and Iraq during uh, the Second Gulf War. Like, while it was, you know, now that we're in peacetime with the Taliban and, you know, the George W. Bush's, uh, uh, you know, victory achieved or whatever thing has finally come true all these years later, um, people are looking into it and saying, hey, you paid these Taliban fighters, you know, whatever amount of money to not attack your outposts. Uh, while you were there, right? So, like, people who were doing private contracting, oil mining, uh, people who were, like, even weapons manufacturers, whatever the case may be, if they had a base of operations there, private companies were paying millions of dollars to the Taliban to say, hey, don't fuck with or kill our people 
um, that money was then being used against the American government and these families of Gold Star Marines and, and Army people. Gold Star people, means uh, ki- like people were killed. Yeah, K. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. So you 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 get the knock on the door that you know you get a you get a medal with a gold star and a American flag. Sorry that your husband didn't make it back. Um, so all those families are now joint uh, uh, class action lawsuiting a number of those different. Um, um, companies there to be like, hey, you funded our enemies. Like, you made it so that my husband maybe died with bullets that you bought with that money to keep yourself safe. And right. you made us targets because you weren't a target. So, it, here's uh, that's fascinating. Um, I, I, I would I would make two arguments uh, without giving a ton of thought to this. But first argument is the U.S. government and army also left all the opium fields untouched at the beginning of the war. And if you looked at Taliban profits, it's probably mostly from opium than payments from corporate companies. So I would say even the American government is somewhat complicit in um, Taliban profits. Now, I know that the reason why they didn't get rid of those fields is they said that, hey, we're coming into this country and we can't get rid of these because we'll crush the local economy and all the farmers um, and all that stuff. But even so, you also understand, well, opium to us is illegal and we know that it's all being sold for illegal purposes. So it was a little bit weird to see these pictures of American soldiers just walking through opium fields. Now, I'm not saying we should be over there and I'm certainly not saying that opium should be illegal. I'm just saying that the whole general picture of that makes no sense if you look at U.S. policy. Now, what's interesting to these private companies is that you're a private company, you're working in Afghanistan, and you want to protect your business interests, and then America creates some phony fucking fake war to go over there, and that the Taliban's our enemy, and now the Taliban... So, I guess, like, as as the corporation, you are kind of screwed, and you're also not really, like... It's almost violence one step removed, which happens a lot in life. Like, you can make the argument that you and I, when we buy these fucking iPhones, that we're somewhat complicit in slave labor in China. I don't know enough about the slave labor in China or what people are aren't being paid for iPhones, but you can say that we're somewhat complicit in that. So when people gave money to the Afghan army, they're not really giving it so that they can go kill soldiers, but I guess that is somewhat... Like, they're more just paying, hey, don't fuck with us, but that's not really a payment for, hey, here's some money to go do this shitty thing. With all that being said, I absolutely understand why uh, if we're if if as a country we're at war with someone, you can't really work with the enemy because uh, that is treason. And so I'm surprised that it should come down like you have to buy into that. Like it's weird because the Afghani war uh, on, on paper, I can't see see really any good reason for it. Um, but it's also weird that I guess like are are these American corporations or like Russian corporations? American corporations. Yeah, so that's, I mean, it's really weird that the U.S. government itself, but that shows you the racket of the U.S. government, that they probably looked the other way where these corporations were like, listen, you can go to war in Afghanistan, but you're really fucking us up because we need these mining deposits, and the only way that we can do it is if we're brokering payments to these people, and they're like, all right, broker your payments. You got to realize that at the end of the day, government must have at least been looking the other way on that, so it kind of circles back to that the government is probably at fault, but I I can't say for sure other than that is fascinating, and I I hope those families get something for it because you know but that's tough because they they shouldn't have been there in the first place but i also get it i I like those kind of things where it's like you know everyone's fucked yeah what do you think 
yeah, I feel like it's kind of like you're paying the mob. You know what I mean? Like at that point, like it's not their fault. They have to run their business out there. Mm-hmm. But I, you can make the other argument that, like, if you want, yeah, if you really want to say yeah, you, country's important, you got to shut down because we're 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 fighting a war with mm-hmm. these guys. And sorry that you were trying to do business in Afghanistan. Not only that, a lot of those businesses sprung up around the war. So it's like, yeah, you should be punished for wartime profiteering. I I. I think that that should be built into your into your uh, P and L when you're building out a business that makes money trafficking in war, right? Like if your if your spreadsheets are only there because of the deaths of so many people, if you in any way, shape, or form contribute to those deaths, you should have to pay, you know, a, a portion. What were of the? Those co- it must be proceeds. like it must be like mining companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I'm telling you, th- at the end of that, must be priced in government even our government being like we need these materials and even if that amount of money is going to the taliban it's worth knowing that we're getting those materials but it just shows you them profiting on both sides where they want to keep the war machine running and be fighting these people at the same time while funding them now i'm not saying that that's actually what happened like that's that that but i bet if you really broke it down um it's not that dissimilar where we've had instances where uh militia groups being funded by the pentagon were being were fighting militia groups that were being funded by the cia like these people want kind of fucking uh or at least in these regions they want to be at war they want chaos the idea that they would find i i'm not sure that it was structured this way but the idea that they might even fund the fucking other sides that they can stay at war with them is not not completely crazy i mean dude it keeps that fucking defense budget going up Oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what they fucking want. Um, all right, I'm gonna throw some uh, just some random thing out there. I recently, I have, a, I'm gonna have a website coming out soon. Fan just hit me up, said I like building websites. Built me a website the other day. I'm part of the problem. I was saying, hit me up with some tunes and people. They came out of the woodwork with some good tunes. I got some good tunes. We're gonna play before and after some upcoming episodes. Some guys sent me some uh, end the Fed punk rock, some libertarian heavy metal. To be honest, if you're listening to the show and you reached out to me, all the people that reached out to me, their shit was really good. If you could email it to me at robsnewsroom at gmail.com that would be better than me having to go back into my twitter to refine those links because i'm highly disorganized but everything you guys sent me was super cool i'm down for more collaborations and here's two fields of interest that i would very much so like to work in and i've already bought really good domain names to uh start marketing in these marketing in these industries but i have no connection to product i have no expertise in selling these products but if you have product i would love to work with you on marketing promotion um the first is marijuana if you're in one of the states with legal marijuana and you got some bud you're in the bud racket i want in on that racket i've got a I, i've got uh i've got some ideas and also whiskey like my two favorite things. You're in the marijuana business. You're in the whiskey business. Rob's newsroom at gmail.com. Maybe nobody out there is in any of these businesses. Nobody hits me up, but I'm going to throw it out there. That's what I'm going to do. And who knows? Maybe someone comes back to me and they go, hey, man, I'm rich as shit. I am in the weed business. I want to just throw some money at you. I think I'll get behind whatever your dumb idea is. I don't care. Bang my wife. Be my business partner. And then the next thing you know, me and Harrington, we're, we're, we're run your mouth every single morning. We make this a daytime fucking radio show for your drive time. You wake up in the morning. We hand you all the news with jokes live. And then you can listen to it on podcasts on your schedule. Maybe you don't wake up as early as we do. Maybe you don't have to drive to work. But then at 5 p.m. you can listen to it back. I'm just throwing shit out there. Who knows, Harrington? It's 20 money, baby. Let's <laughs> get paid, bro. All right. Um, now, the uh, I love Trader Joe's. Luckily, they opened one uh, close to me. I go there all the time. Uh, Harrington, are you a fan of the Trader Joe's? 
fucking fucking love Trader Joe's. Dude. I love Trader. Not only do I love Trader Joe's as a business, and uh, I'm all about. I read this book a while ago. I think I've mentioned it before on the show, The Go Giver. Um, but I think life is about providing value. It's not like you, even like, even dating. You might be like, Hey, how come uh, how come no lady wants to sleep with me? It's like, well, it's on you to provide value. You got a job with some money. Do you look you look good? Like, uh, are you interesting? You know, work on yourself. Think about providing value. And then things like you get repeat customers. The same thing with business. If you actually have a good product, people come back and they buy it. And I feel like Trader Joe's is the ultimate example of that because the fact that I trust them, their pricing is good. I Like, it, when I've gone into other stores and I was more healthy-oriented, you'd look at the ingredients on shit. You'd be like, I don't know what these chemicals are. Wow, that says whole grain and it's nothing but sugar and oil. Trader Joe's doesn't pull that bullshit. You go into Trader Joe's, you're getting the best price on whatever product you're looking to get, and it's actually wholesome, organic. Dude, I even use their fucking soap. That's how balls deep I am in Trader Joe's. I use their soap. I use their. I use all their products. I, I'm doing everything out of. I do my taxes in Trader Joe's. Hell That's yeah. what I do. Um, no, I. I seriously mean that. I feel like Trader Joe's is a good value buy, and as a result, they get more of my money than any other business because I just feel like uh, they do well by me, and so I'm happy to spend my money there. Uh, and, uh, I feel like that's a good model, uh, for everyone about why it's worth actually providing value. Now, the, uh, the guy who invented Trader Joe's started Trader Joe's who recently passed away, he just passed away this past week. And I want to give him a, Rest in peace I, God. yeah, I want to pay a proper tribute. So for next week, this is what I want you to do. I'm giving everyone who listens to this show a little bit of homework. I want you to go to Trader Joe's, buy whatever Trader Joe cookie is your favorite cookie. I'm not going to judge you. They got a whole variety of delicious cookies. I'm personally probably going to go for the uh, oatmeal dunkers. Those are the long oatmeal things with the white frosting on the other side. I never dunked them before. Mr. Harrington's very upset with this. He's got a different cookie on his mind, but I want him to eat the cookie that he loves. You don't have to eat the cookie that I love. You got to eat whatever cookie you most like. What what cookie is that, Mr. Harrington? Ooh, actually, hold up. I'm looking at these dunkers. These are not... I'm. I don't know how anyone could be mad at these. These look tasty, doggy. Uh, oh yeah, look at that frosting. I've never had the chocolate chip covered one. I've always, I've only had the uh, oatmeal with cranberry. Oh dude, those things are legit, and the pro- they're dangerous because you eat one, and they they're good. You can go through the whole tub of those. I don't things. know how I'm feeling about cranberry. Well, you know, because you're thinking I'm used to oatmeal raisin, but let me ask you this: Have you ever had a trail mix where you thought that raisin would have been better in that trail mix than cranberry? Because that's the only time I've ever really experienced cranberry, the craisin thing. I've never gone into a thing of craisins. I would never just eat a thing of raisins. Mm. But if I handed you trail mix with the the cranberry raisins, the craisins in it over raisins, do you think that would be better or worse? I don't like raisins or cranberry, so I don't, I really... It's, you can't it make... It's one half a dozen the other to me. Do you like an oatmeal raisin cookie? No, I like these kind of cookies. Chocolatey. Cookies. <laughs> That's so you. Dude, That's the one thing that doesn't look good from Trader Joe's. They're the best cookies. <laughs> they're like fucking holograms, but they're cats. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> that looks like if you took away the Trader Joe's logo and you put that in a bodega, I would throw up just by looking at it. <laughs> but with the Trader Joe's logo, logo does make Why it are look. Are you hating on my? It's got a little cat. He's got a cute cat. Yeah, a cute cat. well this is what i want you to do i want you to buy your cookies i want you to record yourself eating the cookies while humming amazing grace in tribute to i don't think his name was actually trader joe but we're going to call him that the og trader joe himself hum eating your cookies 
uh, while it's doing Amazing Grace, we're going to do the same. We're going to compile it into one thing, and then we'll voice over it with some facts about his life, and we will memorialize the man who's brought us delicious cookies and value meals. I don't think there's a better send-off that you can get. What do you think, Mr. Harrington? He was a real Joe. And he was bald. I only like him more. Look at that. Dude, he's been retired since 88. He's literally been retired my entire life. He's had 31 years of just chilling, getting his knob polished after starting fucking Trader Joe's. Guy is killing it. And I bet he ate a lot of Trader Joe's cookies. He was kind of fat, too. He, dude, he got after it. That guy, he's got, he's got like a little, he's got like a, a happy haunch. All right. There you go. Um, I thought this was funny. Earlier this week, randomly, I was going on, uh, I just, on the YouTube rabbit hole, I came across this podcast, and um, I have an idea of some a podcast I love to do. It's never going to happen, but I'm going to pitch it to you, Mr. Harrington. Here's a podcast I love to do. There's this guy. His name is Peter Shapiro. Okay. And this guy, Peter Shapiro, he owns the Capitol Theater. He owns the Lockin' Music Festival, and he owns the Brooklyn Bowl and uh, he's got a, he's got the Vegas Bowl, and then he's got another. I think he's got one other Vegas in Chicago. But what makes this guy so cool is he's like keeping, in my opinion, the jam band scene alive. Like all of my favorite bands, kind of go through his venues. He there, there's like the only place in New York you really kind of see a lot of these uh, these jam bands. I mostly find new music because I'll look at like the lineups of Lockin and who's this guy's collecting. And he's got like a good eye, I, I guess, a similar style of what he likes in music as what I do. All right, you still with me here, Mr. Harrington? Sure. So I think this guy's a real cool dude. He's like a modern-day concert promoter working my niche of music of interest. Now, I always thought what would make a really cool podcast is they record almost every single concert that they do from the Brooklyn Bowl. You get some backstage access. You interview the artists that are that are performing that weekend. You do that in combination with some of the f- audio from that show. And then you go hear the upcoming artists coming to this venue and you play some of their tunes. You got a nice packaged piece of content kind of giving you everything that's going on in the jam world in New York City with some really good highlights of um and and just kind of live content. It's really just repurposing what they're already putting out there just in the podcast form with someone like me hosting it and navigating it so you can hear my sweet voice and my breakdown on some good tunes and get some inside access uh, to the green room and all these uh, fun little concerts that are going on. Sounds like a great idea, right, Mr. Harrington? I'll be honest with you, I don't hate it. There you go. A fucking moneymaker, man. Uh, you should pay me. Uh, P- look at this. All the uh, all the ideas I'm throwing out there in the world. Peter Shapiro, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to pay a guy to start repackaging your content to just post it into another platform, big time growth opportunities. We have knowledge of how to sell ads on that exact very podcast. can be a moneymaker, both promoting your venue and bringing in revenue um, and promoting yourself. So, you know, win, 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 win. Win for everyone. It's a lot of winning, dude. A lot of winning. So I think he's also tied into the Realix channel. I think that's like his magazine, or um, at least they post a lot of the digital content. So I came across their podcast, and I'm telling you, the lady that hosts their podcast is female me. She looks like me. She talks like me. And so, Mr. Harrington, I want you to play a little bit of a clip from this. Hey, so we're gonna play. We're gonna play making flippy floppy, like by the Talking Heads. And I'm just like, oh shit. Uh, what about heartbeats? And he's like, heartbeats. What are you talking about? Oh, no. And I'm like, oh. Can you pull up the video uh, for me? Like, you don't know making flippy flop. I'm like, oh, that's the wrong I person. Do. We're going to talk about that chick in a second, too. Not even, but like literally, and then he's trying to teach me the song on stage in front of all these people, and you just start to hear these resounding boos from the audience, and I literally am so. I like, think BK Chris wants to have sex with me. No, I'm saying. No, I actually met that chick, though. I got her number once. Which, yeah. 
No, I didn't. I got her number at a donut shop at Donut Pub late at night. I was there with Yosef Feldstein hammered. I pulled that chick's number. Her name's Karina Reichman. I'm not a good texter, though. It's like four years ago. She never texted me. No, she texted me back, and I and like I blew it. She would have been cool to hang out with, though, because she's like, you know, she's in a jam band, and she hangs out with cool people. But now, can you play the, the chick that sounds like me? That wasn't the one that sounds like me. That was the one whose number I got, but fell through. This summer, yes. um, I'm making a little vacation out of it. Coming down the Thursday, leaving the Monday. Um, it is on a strip of beach, right on an, like an outdoor show, right on a long strip of beach in Atlantic City. And people are saying it's like Mexico for people who can't afford Mexico. All right, good enough. Three from seven. That's the name of it. You can uh, you can look it up. You can have a laugh at uh, female me. And um, She's I actually got way better hair. She, well, yeah, well, you know, that that's an easy category to beat me in. <laughs> I feel like she's stealing my whole thing. That's what I feel like. So, all right, <laughs> she's just... hanging out with Karina Reichman instead of me. She's doing uh, fucking uh, music things for the uh, for the Realix channel. Looks like me, talks like me. I, I, if anything, I had everything that that thing, that the, that the people over there wanted. All right. Uh, I went to, uh, I went to the, the Beacon Theater the other night. I haven't been to the Beacon Theater for a long time. I went to see... Widespread Panic, um, who I've been a longtime fan of. I can't tell you a single one of their songs. I've listened to so much of them. I don't know one of their, they, like, they're like kind of, I got an ACDC thing where, where it's all great, but it all kind of sounds the same. You want to throw on a little uh, Widespread Panic in the background? Here's the one song I, I know by name is, uh, which is like, I think their most favorite song. It's like Shut Up and Drive or something like that. I love these guys. I've listened to so much of them, mostly in the background while doing work. Um, but they're really cool. I have not seen a show at the Beacon for a while. Have you ever been to the uh, the Beacon, Mr. Harrington? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Uh, actually, yeah, I went to my first concert ever there. I saw Wolfmother. Oh, I like Wolfmother's kind of cool. They Pretty got fun. like a real Zeppelin sound to them, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I used to go all the time in high school to see Phil Esch and Friends and uh, the Allman Brothers Band. Now, when I was in high school, that place had no security. You could go in with a bong. You'd smoke joints in there the entire time. I mean, it was a freak show, and it was great. Now, this is my first time back there in a long time, and it's not like that at all anymore. Um, there's pretty strict security. You can't smoke weed in there. I discovered that in college because one time I was there for the Allman Brothers with the joint. I hadn't been there in a couple years, and uh, they were shutting that shit down. You were busted immediately. No more fun at the Beacon Theater. Um... Anyways, sometimes it gets very distracting here, but what are you going to do? So, last night, I went into uh, to the Beacon Theater. I'm seeing this concert, and uh, one of the things that's kind of tough as an adult is to have fun on a schedule. The only day I could get, uh, get a ticket was on a Monday night, which is the worst night of the week to go out and do something, because you get fucked up on a Monday night, you're, like, kind of just chasing your tail the entire week. That is just, it's the, like, at least on a Wednesday... Your week's almost done. Thursday, who gives a shit anymore? Friday, Saturday, it's the weekend, you're good. I find Sunday and Monday night, those are the two worst nights for getting fucked up. Sunday, you got to recover from your Friday and Saturday. Monday, it's just, it's too early in the week. It's a bold move. But I was like, I, they're in town. I got to go see Widespread Panic. I want to go see these people. And I'm like, listen, I can enjoy myself just have one beer. It's no big deal. Um, but then I ended up eating uh, an edible. And uh, I go to the show and the edible uh, kicked in on me, and I was... Oh, firstly, I was lucky, because I was up in the bleachers, 
You've never seen class disparity quite like a beacon show between the upper deck and the lower deck. The lower deck, everyone's attractive. They've all got money and uh, they look classy. You go to that upper deck, everyone's fat and on acid. They have not showered. They scourged every dollar that they've made so that they could get into this concert. And what's fun about hanging out with those freaks is that you can just act like an idiot. I mean, you talk, you go, you got to go alone to these things so you can really dance like an idiot, but like you can really just cut loose. Those are my people. Those are my, I like, I like being with those people too. You just get lost in the crowd, cut loose. I turn back into high school, me in a second. I'm just walking around. What's up, man? Yo, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> I just turn into that guy and it takes all of two minutes. So anyways, I showed up and I was too stoned to find my seat. So I'm just like hanging out in like the, uh, you know, like the whatever. It goes to be intermission and I'm like, I just got to go find myself a seat and sit down. And I sit down and the edible like really kicked in and I kind of started bugging out. I was even considering just like leaving early because it was work week. I was just thinking about all the work I had to do. And I turned to my left and there's this guy. His name is Marty Schwartz, Jew, lay, Jew lawyer. He's there, fifth night in a row of taking acid. And oh my God, I've never had more fun talking to a random person in my entire life. Dude, this guy sounds like the man. Why is he not the guest this week? Uh, I should have had him on. He was like my fucking guardian angel, dude. We got into it. We talked about everything in life. He, uh, you know, we had a good time. So that, that's it. That's all I really had to say about the Beacon Theater. Hell yeah, doggy. All right. And then Harrington, before we close it out, well, actually, no, we got two more things uh, left to uh, to discuss. Um, but Harrington, you got a fight coming up. Um, so... You know, pe- people should be supporting you in this cause. I'm definitely uh, supporting you. The last time you fought was against Luis J. Gomez. Honestly, one of the most entertaining spectacles I've seen in my entire life. I was standing on the side. I really started getting nervous for you. I was like, I, I like you guys hooked me. I was concerned. I didn't know to what extent maybe it was scripted or it was an actual real fight. I could not tell. That's how well you guys sold it. I was really getting concerned that uh, it was foolish of you to be fighting Luis J. Gomez, 1-0 in MMA, trained by none other than the Michael Bisbing. I was concerned for your well-being, and that hooked me. I was, I've never been entertained quite like that, and now you're coming back again. This time, real boxing fight against none other. Let us know. who. What are the parameters on this bad boy? Uh, it's uh, Dylan, the intern uh, who has been producing on Real Ass Podcast for the last uh, couple months. And this is a weird one because I'm going to guess that the fans will actually be rooting for you here. It is a weird position to be usually in. Usually they root against you. I mean, yeah. you're usually the heel, but yeah. you managed to find someone so unliked by the fan base <laughs> that you actually get to be the person that they cheer for. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I told somebody this at the stand the other day. They stopped me. They're like, yo, Harrington, like, please knock out Dylan. I was like, yo, this kid's the best thing that ever fucking happened. <laughs> Straight up. So now Dylan, he's uh, he's got some lengthy arms. He's got some size on you. Uh, he's got the not fat thing. Whether or not he's in shape is unclear. Sometimes they're skinny people who are not in shape whatsoever. Well, he claims he played high school basketball uh, all through his senior year. So that would tell me he's got decent wind, at least. And, and that he's he, and a that, smoker. Well, and that also that he's got some natural athleticism to have played <laughs> high school ball. Sure. Okay. Um, and now, does he have fighting or sparring or boxing experience in any way? Who's coming in as the more experienced fighter? Well, again, he claims he goes to his buddy's <laughs> boxing gym once a week, but who knows with that kid? I mean, you know, a- a- everything is... You think is he might have zero fighting experience whatsoever. So you're going in totally dark here. He could be an experienced sparrer. He might have even taken a couple fights, or he could be a total zero and have never boxed ever before. 
Um, now let's kind of take a run through it. If he has a mild level of experience, let's say he actually does go to, firstly, I don't think anyone goes to a boxing gym once a week. That doesn't make a ton of sense. I feel like he'd probably go at least three times, but let's assume he goes once a week because he's been doing it for a while. He trains on his own. He just goes in there once a week to spar. How confident are you if we're, if we're trying to rally up the, the support and the, the dollars on your side, we're trying to get as many people to, to bet for you. Maybe we should get a, an affiliate deal here and promote the fight and get a nice payout. Maybe we'll do that. But, uh, yeah, Lewis is already working on it, but if you want to get me a better one, I will take it. Well, I'll uh, I'll give you 75% of whatever we get through our personal sign-up for Run Your Mouth. So you you might be able to make some decent cha- some decent coin on that. Yeah, done. Let's do that. Yeah, why don't we, let's, uh, remind me after the show, but let's try and get ourselves our own affiliate deal okay. um, and uh, try and get some action. Um, so nobody... Go make a new account on BetDSI until I get a new promo code uh, specific for this show. You'll have to deposit $50. You should put all of that on this fight, probably against Harrington. I don't know what the odds are going to be, or Harrington has yet to sell us on why he thinks we should be betting on him. So floor is yours. Give us the pitch. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's a very simple situation, right? Like, I know what it's like to lose a fight, right? Dylan has never been in a fight in his adult life. I know what it's like to get into a ring, to have had a training camp, to have made the walk to the ring, to have had people cheering on you and booing for you, whatever the case may be, and to leave that ring a loser. That's a feeling I'm never going to let happen again. So other than just eating peanut butter, what do you have planned by way of training here? Uh, it's a lot of right now... <clears throat> been a lot of cardio and uh, body strength movements because I don't want to put on uh, a ton of muscle and I want to put on a ton of weight. I have to get down to 185 before the fight. So what I've been really focusing on is um, what I noticed most in the first fight with Lewis. Uh, I gassed, obviously, very, very early. Uh, I had no idea what I was in for, right? My breathing wasn't right. My uh, none of my So emotions. the fact that you're still selling that is the fight with Lewis. So is this going to be a similar thing where it's a little bit uh, maybe scripted, like yeah. a WWF kind of thing? Or no, no, are we no, in for a boxing fight no, here? No, at the end of the day, I still, regardless of, of, of whatever you know may have been going on there, I still made the walk into a ring, still felt myself get punched in the face, drop to the canvas, and... and Go to a point where I said, "Yeah, take my back," you know, like 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 take my neck. Uh, I don't want to get punched in the face anymore. Um, and so that's I, why you're taking a boxing fight to I make all- sure that you don't get punched in the face. It makes sense. No, no, no. I, I want I wanted to be MMA, but he was too cowardly to take the fight. So, you know, is what it is. He's a bitch. Okay, um, so you're eating peanut butter straight from the jar. I've seen mm-hmm. that. You're mixing it up. You don't want to just eat, you want you want complex proteins from all angles. So you're also getting the. Uh, the, the the almond butter and you're getting the cashew butter you're mixing yeah. up all your butters that's, that's all you're doing you want to be high fat high yeah. protein high oil high sugar high salt what you don't want is the carbs so you're just eating like Winnie the Pooh with honey you're on an all peanut butter diet to cut down to 185 now the cardio that you're doing are we jogging are we getting in the pool are we getting on a bike what what, what are we doing yeah, here it's mostly road running uh the the treadmill gives me shin splints almost immediately so i've been doing like a lot of road running today i got like 2.1 miles so in. you're coming into the camp with a slight injury of shin splints no, well, no, no, no. okay so I, i've been avoiding the treadmill because of that so i don't know exactly how much i've been running i've been having a uh, like guesstimated <laughs> off of like google maps um, you know, and like making, you know, my, 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 my runs, you know, like I'm, I'm okay. just running through the city and trying to do like map my run after. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm very comfortable not stopping over the course of a, uh, 5k. All so. right. All right. There you go. And it's like, yo, it's three, three minute rounds. That means I need nine minutes worth of cardio. I don't think Dylan's prepared to go. Well, you, um, keeping his hands on up. that note. 
because I, I mean, I, I have absolutely no credentials to be giving you any advice whatsoever when it comes to a fight. Oh, I think our next guest is on the horn. We're going to talk to him in a second. Um, but if I were you, I would just be training for three, three minute sprints because that's essentially what you got to train your body for. So as opposed to even jogging, you could probably get on like the, the, uh, like rope, you know, you can mix it up between the different machines or even jumping rope, but you really just want to train yourself for three, three minute sprints. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, because you don't Talking like you, sprints. Oh wait, wait. Let what me let me this? let me. Uh, all right, let, all right. We can move on to the fight what talk. Is this? The, let me what give is you a, this? the other. What is this? The other run your mouth podcast. Let me give you a proper yeah, introduction. Evan, Evan. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let me. That never happened. No, no. I'm, I want to give you a proper <laughs> I thought, introduction. I thought, I, was call, I, I thought I was calling into the wrong one after all these years. Okay, well, you know, I, I'm I'm pleased to welcome back, but before I even welcome back this guy, uh, we try and give you breaking news. Everyone's concerned about the coronavirus, and so I've got one of the first persons put into quarantine, none other than uh, the old uh, run-your-mouth uh, extraordinaire himself. Uh, hasn't been here for a while, but, you know, we're hoping to get him back in studio, just some contract disputes and some wifey things we got to work on, but we'll get there. Welcome to the show. Wait, you're breaking quarantine. This is breaking news. There's a man on the loose in Yonkers currently breaking quarantine, spreading the coronavirus. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I personally am not under quarantine, but my uh, about-to-be-seven-year-old uh, daughter was uh, instructed to be self-quarantined. But that doesn't make so sense. You, li- you live with your daughter, so if she's got to be quarantined, how but do you not have to be quarantined? She has to be quarantined because she ha- because of indirect coming into con- indirect contact with a confirmed case, but I'm like to the next level past that, so I don't have to be quarantined. But if they if if she if she, if yeah. she gets yeah, if she comes down, then I guess yeah, I'd have to be quarantined. But I'm, for all intents and purposes, um, I I don't think my office wants me around. That was pretty much confirmed today when I uh, let them know. Oh, um, so this is great for you. So you get I'm, to take a vacation. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's like two weeks of work quarantine, but like, in, until I actually come down with it, which I'm sure is fucking inevitable at this rate, um, I. I could still kind of not be truly quarantined off the record. So, well, but I, I was, I was, I was uh, very forthright and honest with them. I said that, you know, she was the only one who was instructed by the, the board of health to be cor- self quarantined, but they were like, yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks, buddy. Well, <laughs> I also, I feel like with this disease, maybe it's like, it, it's like a buffet, get in early, you know, get in early Get it over with, um, because firstly is the last thing you want to do is avoid the entire epidemic and then in two years be the one asshole who gets this and then can't go into work. Like if everyone shuts down altogether right now, you've got a good excuse like you just to be oh, on fucking yeah. vacation. It's, yeah, it's like the hot excuse. Like they're like, oh, we can't let you in. But like if, as you said, like if in a year I got to be like, oh, this motherfucker has the coronavirus. Oh, what a loser. Like getting in way late on that well that type of thing 
would you be willing to give us the inside look? Because you're going to be one of the first quarantine individuals. Maybe you could give us like a daily report of quarantine life. Like how many golden grams to eat on a day of quarantine? I don't know. I've never been quarantined. I know. I, well, you've been like unofficially quarantined. <laughs> like you've like unofficially quarantined yourself many times over. Just like not not coming into contact with any human being. So like I, I think you might have a little yeah. more experience than me. What? But, you know, maybe after a week of this and trying to avoid my my daughter, um, I'll have a little bit more experience. You know, what's great it's about so that? Is that they, you know, every one of the uh, things that they advise you do is already a part of my life. So it's like, don't touch your face, not doing that. Wash your hands, do that. I use this 24-hour hand sanitizer to start my day. I still use hand sanitizer after that. I wash my hands before I eat anything. I got good habits on that. Don't talk to anybody. Don't talk to anyone. No, but seriously, I don't do anything but leave my apartment and go to work. Like, it's very rare that I do anything outside of that. So when they were telling people, like, just go to work, go, I'm like, well, that that's what I'm doing. Unless I got comedy spots, but at the moment, my schedule's open. Uh, so, you know, I'm like, it, like you said, I basically am living the life of a quarantine dude. Yeah, you're, you're kind of like, uh, you're kind of like the, like the, I feel like the CDC might like um, just track you and kind of um, use you as the example, the model quarantine citizen like guys this guy's got it figured out like he's 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 terrified of of germs already like this guy's been doing it for years this is a trained trained professional in the quarantine arts and they could just like i don't know do like a 24-hour documentary of you and and ship that around once everyone has this shit there you go but uh yeah this shit this this escalated very quickly. Like, so what kind of, uh, five, I would say five days ago, I was just like, kind of laughing it off. Like, you know, like the numbers in terms of the, I think everyone was kind of saying it like on a, on a macro level. Um, the numbers don't come close to, you know, the flu numbers in terms of how many people have got it and how many people die from it. And like, I was just thinking, I'm like, you know, like, whatever. Like, if we could get through the flu, we could get through this. Um, And then it became insanely micro when they preemptively closed both my daughter's schools on, I think it was Tuesday morning. When uh, basically that that one guy in New Rochelle, like, so everyone kind of associated with that kind of preemptively closed school and now it's going to be i think for a while because there was a confirmed case in in uh in her school um this it's always the jews first man that's what happens you know you gotta you gotta avoid those uh so what kind of activities do you have planned for uh quarantine with the kids i don't know this is i'm gonna have to come up with like a million new games and shit but um yeah, right. Right now, the thing, the funny thing is like the schools like center like homework on a daily basis. Oh, what a bunch of assholes! Now you gotta be home and fucking homeschool the kid. Yeah, like, she, she, like this is like a glorified like snow day, and then it's like, oh, actually, there's there's a uh, homework, but like, who the fuck is checking it 
if they're if the school is going to be closed down for at least two weeks. Right. Well, I mean, you're supposed to be I'm, more invested. I'm not let her know that. But like in my mind, I'm like the homework. Like you don't have to bring it in. Like the whole the whole school shut down. This is virus but vacation. Whatever. Yeah, you're yeah, off. This is like yeah. So whatever. That's uh. And whatever she's uh she was just pissed that she didn't uh have her piano lesson tonight all right so other than this terrible illness befalling your household um it's been a while what else is going on dude oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um he's coughing he's got it oh no uh, i for like i feel like it's just inevitable i should just whatever it's our and also like it's possible i believe i haven't done so much research on this maybe you could help me with the research on it like it's possible that like you could have it and and for like a solid week to 14 days like one to two weeks like it might not present itself yeah so um Is that that, accurate? So, yes like, that's scary yes. as fuck that's what they were saying about um, that's what makes the it's so difficult to contain is because people are infectious before they show symptoms, um, yeah. which might be part of the bioengineered aspect of this, that when governments were trying to create a better pathogen, they engineered it that you wouldn't show symptoms. So it would be harder to contain. And maybe this is just the experimental version of can they spread this thing worldwide before they give it the real bad qualities that would make your balls fall clean off your body, your eyeballs turn to mush, and make you vomit onto your own dickhole. Yeah, I can't wait to vomit out my dickhole. Well, yeah. All right, well, anything else cooking? What else is cooking? I don't know. Just spend time with you. It's really depressing. Um, yeah, I, I don't got much to report. Got you. Well, we'll call you again. Ah, you know, I'm just, uh, out here trying to do more comedy shows and keep the dream alive. That's all I'm trying to do. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, did, uh, your gig lead to any other, uh, like your big, your big spot out in. Yeah, that was that was great. First time headlining. I had a I had a great time out there. The shows were really a, like a, a ton of fun. Um, I have to guess that next year I'll go out there and I'll do it again, and uh, maybe I'll try and line up more gigs around it out in that area. But yeah, dude. And firstly, not only the gigs were an absolute thrill. Also, like you said, I don't do much outside of work. Like the people out there, I had a ton of fun hanging out with them. Kyle took real good care of me. I had some fans of uh, part of the problem that came out and skied with me during the day. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was a that was a really great trip. And uh, thus far, all the uh, the gigs we I've done with Dave have been like really electric. And uh, hoping to get some more of those on the uh, on the books because those are those are a ton of fun. I get to work out more time. Good audiences. It's it keep it keeps it keeps the dream alive, baby. That's good. Have you? Are you going to be able to like parlay this spot into other stuff? Um, I think in the uh, in the like aggregate, you pimp yourself out. Yeah, no, I think in the aggregate, like you know, I um, yes and no. I think in the aggregate, just working more and like, especially if you're like headlining shit, it just makes you more active. And uh, like I, I before, I got to tell you, two two months ago, I didn't really think I had a full. I didn't think I had thirty minutes of comedy that would work and. 
I because I had that goal, I kind of put it together, and now I'm like, oh, I could easily feature. I bet if in two months from now I put a headlining gig on my calendar that I had to do like 45 for, I'd feel pretty confident. I'd have to work my ass off, but I feel like between now and then I could put it together. So I lo uh, and behold, you have 30 minutes of content. Yeah, con what a yes, beautiful thing. Yeah, the, and it fucking clicks. So I definitely feel more con more uh, confident in my stuff. Um, so you know that's helpful. And I also think if you're, it's like almost like being a fighter. Like if you're active and you're out there all the time, you know, you're booking yourself. I think you like a lot, like attracts like. You end up with more shit. So that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, so Mr. Feldstein, firstly, you're gonna have to leave yeah. the choir next week. So you got to break quarantine. You got to get yourself some cookies from uh, Trader Joe's. Record yourself singing uh, "Amazing Grace" while chewing on some cookies, uh, yeah, and then so pour pour a uh, Trader Joe's seltzer out for for the. Uh, oh, that can be part of the, the ceremony OG, too. That could be part of the, the ceremony OG too. Trader Joe. There's Open so up much a can. Good stuff at Trader Joe's, like limiting it to cookies. I feel like is selling it short. Like they're just, I don't know. Like he really. Uh, Dude, can I tell you really something? Can I tell you something I ate made. this week from Trader Joe's that made my made my whole made might made my whole week. May have even made the whole month. I bought an excellent bread. Uh, it was just kind. Oh my god! T tell me which one because I also the past week I've been having a new excellent bread from Trader Joe's. Um, three. We're both gonna say oh, what shit. it is. No, I don't even know what mine's called. I can describe it, but you tell me what yours called. Maybe that's what mine was called, and then it's maybe like we ate lunch together. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, on three, you no, just but I describe don't know. it. Okay, mine was like. Um, Hold on, it, wait. On three, we're gonna count to three, and then and I then describe three, it, and you'll both, name describe no, we it. We both say no. We both say it on three, and if we say the same thing, whatever. But I don't know the name of it. I can only describe what the bread was like. Okay, so you describe yours, and I'll I'll tell you if it matches up to okay, uh, fine. the bread that I've been feasting on. Mine, I'm Go gonna ahead. say it kind of was like a long loaf. Not as thin Ooh, as not as thin as, not as thin as a baguette, but not as big as like not as wide as like a Wonder Bread kind of thing. So it was kind of like in between the two. Now, while the bread was soft, it does have like a pretty thick crust on it. It was a whole wheat, like no, a whole grain bread with rye. No, no, I don't even think there was rye, but like malat, like some of like those shit, like the seeds on the outside. Millet. Was, yes, yes, and it was like thick okay. slices. In like this, little, almost. I know what bread you're talking about, but it wasn't the bread that I had. What? So you what, had like, yeah. uh, you had like, it was like a very dark brown bread. Yeah, pretty dark brown, pretty dark brown. But it, but it was sliced up. Sliced up, sliced up. And it had like all that shit up on the top. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, all right. That's uh, the, uh let me tell you about the the new bread that I that I'm blown away by in my kitchen. It, it appeared in my kitchen. It's changed my life this week. Um, I think it was called the San Francisco style um, whole grain sourdough bread. Oh, it sounds delicious. It was, it's like, I think it, it comes in a circle and it's sliced. So like the slices are uh, super long. And is it real crusty on the outside? Very crusty. Like come in your like, pants, left it out crusty. Yeah. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Um, I've, I actually, there's, there's, there's sometimes. There's no other way to so describe it. That I, that I just, you know, it, like it didn't have that, that crustiness. So like I just added a little, left it overnight. And then yeah. 
and <laughs> really got that perfect crunch yeah, yeah. Um, the next morning. But no, it was it's a perfect like toasted with some butter. Bre- oh, it's like oh. and like you have it with I don't know like. All right, listen. I, I've only had I, I tasted it plain and it was like okay, and and then since then it's been toasting. What? toasting it up every single time and it's just it's just perfection like it, i don't know how to describe the the perfect toastability of it but like you know when you toast you have toast that like it's still soft between the toast on the inside of the bread does that make yep. any sense a little bit that it had that it had that like um it had that i don't want to say mushiness but I guess I would call it, um, I don't know. Like you bit into it and it wasn't like all, cr- it was, I don't know. It, it hit the spot. I, I get it. Listen, yeah. when you break, uh, when, when quarantine's finally over, they opened up a brand new Trader Joe's on 14th street and, uh, it's gigantic. Is it's it cl- huge. It's, it's gotta be huge. Right? It's it's pretty big. It's, I mean, all Trader Joe's are clean, but sometimes they feel a little bit cluttered. This one yeah. has like, um, very, uh, I want to say dignified and distinct spacing where it doesn't feel cluttered Ooh. or organized. It feels like you've <laughs> that, walked into that, is, that essentially just made me orgasm <laughs> because if, there's nothing better than a grocery store with like wide aisles and just like yes. space to kind of yeah. move around. It like might not have I'm sure it has more stuff also, but it doesn't necessarily have to have more than your general Trader Joe's. But if there's just room to move around, like it just makes the whole experience better. Yeah. There's one Trader Joe's in there are two Trader Joe's close by. There's one that's like nice and roomy. It's spread out. You don't feel like an animal. And then there's other one that's just so poorly laid out. Like, I think, like, they just plot. It was, like, during the early stages of Trader Joe's, maybe, where they kind of, like, found, like, a, they, they tried to fit a Trader Joe's into, like, something that it was not, you know, like, it wasn't cut out to be that. Arr, this pirate's so, a like, Trader Joe's now. <laughs> no, it, it, it was more like a, a building that, like, was oddly shaped. So, like, they yeah. couldn't really, so, like, you it, it just, anytime you, I, I try to, avoid that one but um all right so yeah. anyway um, what this dream. what this trader joe's We're really excels at what it really excels at is firstly they have like um already prepared foods like you can get uh chicken breast like a decent amount of it for like five bucks pre-cooked um they also have like unbelievable like turkey sausage and deli meats like all like a whole section of kind of refrigerated but like prepared cook stuff so what I found the other day, and I was putting on these these slices of bread, and I got to be honest, I was eating it open face, not sandwich style. I was just clumping That's it on fine. top of a single piece of bread. That's, dude, that still counts. They had a pastrami lox, and holy fuck, dude, just slices of that pastrami lox. I'm not even talking cream cheese, no onion, no tomato, just that lox. Pastrami lox or, or grav lox? Pastrami lox. On top of uh, just these the small little pieces of bread, you could eat it in your hand like it was two crackers, like kind of together, but nice thick cut. Right. Oh my god, dude, it was wow. unbelievable! And I was surrounded by these fucking filthy goyim who didn't like locks and refused to try it. And I tried to be like, "No, guys, oh, you don't understand. You don't understand." Was that the sample station? No, it wasn't the sample station. I was eating it at, at, at work. I was eating this thing, 
And, uh, you know, none, no, none of the people around me were willing to try it. And I was disappointed because I was like, this is one of the best meals of my entire life. And you guys are just totally not experiencing this with me. I was willing to share oh, my you lunch. Around, you Goyim. were around Goyim. I was around Goyim. Not at Trader Joe's. Not at Trader Joe's. Hey, I got a question just, for you. All right. Ahead. Okay. So I've been trying to uh, save myself some money and eat a little healthier. And part of what I've been doing in this endeavor is I've been picking up like the, you know, like chicken from Trader Joe's and throwing on whole wheat bread with some hummus. Oh, you know what I've been experimenting with, which is uh, you would love. I got this from Key Foods, pickled cabbage. And it's delicious with some hummus and hot sauce. Uh, I know that sounds a little weird. Hummus, hot sauce, pickled cabbage, and uh, chicken on bread. But anyways. What's wrong um, with that? No, it's delicious. Also, I've gotten a little bit into rotisserie chicken. I've overlooked picking up, going to a super, like you, you haven't experienced this, but you go to a supermarket, you just dig into a fucking rotisserie chicken. Oh man, oh, it's great. I've, I've experienced that. That's the, at Fairway, they had the kosher ones. There you go. So here's my only, so, like you can yeah. just buy, well, I guess I, <laughs> I'm picturing, now I'm picturing you like you with a rotisserie chicken because yeah. like. Generally, we pick up like a rotisserie chicken, like, you know, we each have a couple pieces and then there's like a little leftover. So like the next day there's like one piece left and either put it like on a sandwich or something or just like pick it. But I'm just picturing you like just opening up the tray and like, you know, like, all right, it looks like I'm uh, going to have this chicken now, you know? I like separating it right from the middle like I'm about to get into some girl's asshole and just eating it like that. Yeah. That's like just getting my face yeah. right in there. Um, No, so here's what I was going to say. I'm saving a lot of money and I'm eating like almost better quality sandwiches. Not be- not necessarily better quality, but definitely more protein, a lot more like chicken or a lot more vegetables. You know, I'm kind of controlling the content of these sandwiches. I get to mix it up a little more. Also, as opposed to the bodega, and as much as I love my local bodegas and their meatball subs are still excellent, and my pizza guy, I'll tell you in a second, some of these meatball subs I'm eating by my pizza guy, but let's just focus on Trader Joe's right now. I get to put together these really great meals. Like, I've been pulling apart even fresh rotisserie chicken, putting on a sandwich. With all that being said... With all that being said, especially that I don't have like a big cafeteria lunchroom, it feels very undignified to have to assemble your own sandwich at work. Like when you kind of plop down at lunch. Yeah, it's really, it's really shameful. It's really shameful. And I've just been doing it. I've just been like, listen, I want to save this money. I'm not coming into work with food. So I go to the grocery store and I pick up all these ingredients and I've been assembling my own lunch. But let me tell you, it, it ruins a bit you, of. Why don't it, you assemble it before? Like, why don't you? Uh, I guess you don't have like. Uh, that's what I'm saying. The kitchen's yeah. the main area, there's and no, it, it it's no, shameful. But there's no like sit down place at Trader no. Joe's where like if you buy a rotisserie chicken, you could just kind of. Not really. Slap it's, it on the bread that you buy also. It's shameful. You sit down and you got to prepare your own sandwich. You feel shame before you even eat it. Everyone's looking at you. It heightens that conversation yeah. of what are you getting to lunch where people want to know all the ingredients. Sometimes they start breathing on it before you even get a chance to eat it. Sometimes because you got more ingredients than what you were going to eat, you pick up a rotisserie chicken. You think, I got three meals of chicken. Someone's gawking to the point where you're like, hey, do you want some? Now that's it. You just bought that guy dinner. It, it, it's a difficult, I haven't quite figured out the etiquette of, you know, trying to prepare your meals once you're at work. Yeah, it's definitely if, not ideal. If you already have a pre-made uh, sandwich, no one's asking you for a bite from it. But if you have all the 
everything yeah, laid out. Yeah, it's laid out. Sandwich. You just there's you, uh, it you opens just up the door for. Uh, you just for, showed up uh, with the buffet. People are like, hey, let me let me get in on that operation you got there. And then you start getting excited because you're like, dude, you got to try this with that, with that little thing on there. Oh, my God. And then you walk away and you're like, fuck, I just gave away yesterday's lunch. I mean, tomorrow's lunch. Yeah, well, that's that's uh, that's comes with the territory if you're going to go down that route. But I, I guess get that's it. what why you're doing the pastrami locks. Because oh, that was, that was so good. That's shit, what, listen, you tell everyone away. I don't want to hear from you for about a month, but in a month from now, once all that quarantine and bullshit has passed and you're healthy and well, uh, you got to actually plan to come into I'm studio. I will, I will pick up this locks. I will pick up those cookies. We'll sit in a park. We'll have a nice picnic together. We'll have a, uh, we'll have a run your mouth picnic with some of that good bread I've been talking about with some of this locks I've been talking about on top of it. Maybe I'll go all out. I'll track down some onions and some tomatoes. Really make it a party. You need, you need tomatoes with locks. I know it's like the whole thing. It all creams itself out. Uh, all right, Mr. Feldstein, we're going to call it there. Pleasure. I hope, uh, you and your family, uh, you know, don't really have any illnesses and that, uh, hopefully we can get you in studio soon. All right. Uh, I'm going to call into the other run your mouth podcast now. Oh, okay. I have a nine o'clock. Uh, so, uh, wait, wait. So Harrington, you said you're training, you're trying to run and, uh, you're getting ready for this fight and, uh, but you're not doing any sparring. What are you doing to actually get the boxing ready? I'm working on that. I have a boxing trainer. I have a couple of box trainers actually. So, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this all works out. I just got to get used to getting hit, honestly, because I feel like if, if I get, can I hit you a little bit, I'll put on some gloves and hit you. Yeah, man. That sounds great. Okay. How hard can I hit you? (laughs) I mean, I mean, how about you want to get you want to get ready for this thing, right? As hard as you think Dylan's one hundred percent would be. Okay, we could do that. I I, also, I think uh, I'm going to say something arrogant here, even though I have no idea how to fight, and uh, I probably get my ass kicked. I I'm somewhat quick on my feet, so I do think if you had to chase me around, you might get a little bit of a feel for. well, he, he's long, so he's just going to be outside of your range. You're just going to have to close distance. But in terms of a workout, I can I, I kind of have a little bit of boxing footwork, and I'm quick. You, you, you could probably get a little bit of a cardio just trying to chase me down. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we could have some fun with that. Yosef, you want to break quarantine and uh, punch Harrington with me? Oh, I guess he signed out. All right, I think <laughs> – oh, wait, did he sign out? I actually have one more question for you. Are you still there, Yosef? No, I think he's gone, doggy. Oh. Can you call him back? Uh, he has to call in. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's the end of that. All right. Thank you. Anything else, uh, Mr. Harrington, before we call it a show? I got nothing. All right. There you go. Peace.